Welcome to the Unity of the Valley Spiritual Center podcast featuring Reverend Dahlia Adams. You may visit us online at unityvacaville.org or you may visit us in person at 350 North Orchard Avenue in Vacaville, California. And now, here is Reverend Dahlia Adams. Welcome again to Unity of the Valley Spiritual Center. My name is Reverend Dahlia Adams, and I am so honored to be here with you today. We've been talking about the mystery that is life, the mystery that we are as spiritual beings having this human experience. And as we've been talking about that, we've been looking at the question of what is God and who are we? And along the way, we honor the fact that mystics, spiritual teachers, spiritual traditions over the ages have have taught that God is love. And so if God is love, we are love. And then right along with that, we are right now in the Christian season of Lent. And Lent is a time of spiritual awakening. Very specifically, it's set aside as a time to remove the blocks to the awareness of God's presence. And so if we're removing the blocks to the awareness of God's presence, we are also able to think of it as removing the blocks to the awareness of love's presence. And we've looked at this from different perspectives and We've talked about how we need to release judgment and condemnation in order to be open to that love that is God's presence. Today, I want to talk about fear, how we need to choose love and not fear. How we need to remove our fear or release our fear to be fully present to the truth that God is love and we are love. Charles Fillmore, our co-founder, wrote a book called Keep a True Lent, and he tends to go very deeply into these ideas, so his books take some time and reflection to read. But it's a very good book if anybody would like to tackle it. It's, it's from about 100 years ago or almost 100 years ago. But the truth that it teaches is still powerful today. So there are a few things that I pulled out of his book, Keep a True Lent, things that he wrote about as far as love and how love is central to the season of awakening. Charles Fillmore wrote that during Lent, we must feast on brotherly love. The full sentences, we must release condemnation and judgment and instead feast on brotherly love. So the whole season is about immersing into this experience of love, this experience of divine love, 
and love for each other because the truth is if we focus on divine love and have in our minds and in our hearts and in our experience love of God, but we fail to love each other, then we're somehow missing the mark. We're missing the heart of the practice. So we, as we focus on love and God as love, we must feast on loving each other. Charles Fillmore also wrote in Keep a True Lent, love is the power that joins and binds in divine harmony the universe and everything in it. So love is the glue of the universe. Love is what holds together all that is, all people, all creatures, all planets, all stars, the entire universe, and all universes, if you will. And in another section, he wrote that love is the idea of universal unity. So the emphasis on love is clear. And this universal unity is the idea that God is love, I am love, we are love, all that is created is created out of love and is an expression of love. So in order to open to the truth of this love, one of the tasks during the season of Lent is to release fear, to let go of fear. And Charles Fillmore wrote about fear, saying it is one of the most destructive errors. Of course, he used the word error for what other traditions use the word sin. It is the most destructive of the mistakes that we make. It is the most destructive sin. That's strong. That's very, very strong. But he didn't say that accidentally. He tends to be very careful in choosing his words. He also called fear a paralyzer that weakens both mind and body. And I think we all can relate to that. Think of a time when you were afraid, especially a time when the fear was ongoing. It was more than just momentary. And a time when the fear was big. And just think how paralyzed, how helpless you probably felt while moving through this fear. That helplessness or paralysis is both mental, emotional, and physical. So this is what we need to release because when we are in the mid middle of this experience of fear, we're not aware of love. We're not aware that God is love. We're not aware that we are love. We forget the power of love. The dictionary, and this is Google, 
um, the one, some of the dictionaries on Google, defined fear as painful emotion, as a painful emotion marked by alarm, dread, disquiet. And this emotion is caused by perceived danger or threat. There's always that perception of somehow being threatened, somehow not being safe. In psychology, it's a very similar definition. It's a powerful human emotion that involves biochemical and emotional responses that alert us to physical or psychological danger. So bigger words, more gobbledygook. But what it's saying is that fear lives in our bodies. It is not separate from our bodies. We cannot be afraid and have that fear only in our minds. Our biochemistry changes. We go into fight-flight response. If it's an on, or if we see something as an ongoing threat and the fear is ongoing, we might not be in full fight or flight, but our stress levels are elevated, hormones are elevated, especially cortisol. And that changes our entire body chemistry. Our, our digestion is changed. Our breathing is changed. The way we process toxins, our ability to release them is changed. So the biochemical changes and emotional responses, as all of this is going on in the body, emotionally we can be feeling terror, horror, worry, all sorts of different emotions. And the danger could be very real. I was walking with my dog in the middle of nowhere. It was a huge park and I was by myself. And I thought I saw a mountain lion on the hill that was close to me. There was an immediate physiological and emotional response I wanted to get out of there. A situation like that, once I left that area, once I was in an area that was more populated and there were people and cars and traffic, I was no longer afraid of what I thought was a mountain lion. And that's normal and it's healthy and that's the physiological, psychological reason for fear. It helps us move to safety. It helps to protect us. It's not meant to linger within us for hours and hours and days and days, weeks, months. That's why situations like war create ongoing psychological damage. That's why situations like the war right now in Ukraine can leave people in, in what we call post-traumatic stress disorder because physiologically that coming down from the fear doesn't happen. We might come down a little bit, but we stay on elevated alert levels and the fear keeps happening over and over. And it's not good for us. It's not healthy for us. 
Sometimes the danger that we face in psychology is good to point that out. Sometimes there is nothing happening physically that would endanger our lives, but we're in a situation where we're feeling criticized, maybe. And what we call our ego might feel fragile, or we might be feeling threatened or afraid of what the criticism might mean. Sometimes it brings up a fear that we're not good enough. You know those moments where someone says or does something and instantly there's this, you can feel the physical reaction. And what's happening, if you really pay attention, if you ask yourself, what is it that I'm afraid of in this moment? You might find that what you're afraid of is, I'm not good enough. Or sometimes we're afraid of not belonging. You can see this with the little children in playgrounds. If the other children are playing and they don't invite a particular child to join in with them, you can see on the child's face, the one who is left out, that there is a distress. And one of the fears that often comes up is, I don't belong. Again, that can be linked to I'm not good enough. Nobody loves me. Those are all examples of psychological dangers. Feeling overwhelmed. I'm not up to this task. It will overwhelm me. It will destroy me. The destruction is psychological, not physical. But we human beings respond to the psychological threats sometimes as powerfully as we respond to the physical threats. The fear of not being good enough or not belonging could be much stronger than my momentary fear of what I thought was a mountain lion. So that's fear. And if you think of times when you've been in fear, or times when you've experienced the symptoms or the signs of fear, and this is not a complete list, but these are common symptoms or signs of being in fear, especially ongoing fear. But tension, physical tension, a sense of being overwhelmed, chills, chest pain, a racing heart, difficulty breathing, nausea, <clears throat> sweating, trembling, worry, a sense of helplessness. These signs or symptoms can be so powerful that people end up in hospital emergency rooms thinking they might be having a heart attack. That's how powerful fear can be. That's how destructive it can feel. In fact, when I worked as a clinical psychologist, if someone came to me with those symptoms or called me with those symptoms, the state-of-the-art recommendation 
was at that moment to call 911 and get that person to an emergency room because these symptoms are very much like the symptoms of heart problems. And these symptoms are intense and powerful and painful enough that you can't tell initially which is happening. Now, if a person does this repeatedly and goes to the hospital and the finding is there is no heart condition happening in that moment, then, then we assume that it is fear or panic. So think of a time when you were afraid and it became difficult to breathe and your chest hurt. And maybe you felt like you were going to throw up. In that moment, my guess is you were not aware that you are a beautiful child of God. That you are a being that is an expression of the divine presence that is God. It's kind of like you have to have one or the other. They cannot coexist at the same time. And for that reason, Charles Fillmore wrote, and it is written many other places, it is a well-acknowledged truth that love casts out fear. You cannot be in this consciousness of love and in the throes of fear at the same time. So when love is perfect, what Charles Fillmore is referring to is a love that is unconditional, a love that is in the image and likeness of the divine. It is a love that is divine, and we've talked about divine love being unconditional, unfailing, dependable, timeless, so when we can even grasp a little bit of that love, we begin to release fear. And as we release fear, we are removing the blocks to the awareness of love's presence. It, it all happens at once. It's two sides of the same coin. In the Course in Miracles, they write a lot about this. The purpose of the Course is to remove the blocks to the awareness of love's presence. And in the Course, they write, there is only one problem in our lives, choosing fear over love. Whenever we choose fear, instead of standing with love or staying in the consciousness of love, that's when we create problems for ourselves in our lives. And the course, the way it frames it, is that all problems could be reduced to this choice between fear and love, and the problems are the situations where we choose fear. Pay attention. Notice in your own life when things come up, when you are feeling a problem inside of you. It might be happening in the world, in your circumstance, 
But some problems can happen and we can be aware and we don't become disturbed within us. But notice those moments when that disturbance, when whatever that problem is becomes a disturbance inside of us. Pay attention. Have, have you in any way allowed yourself to feel threatened? separate, afraid in that moment? And if so, there was a choice for fear instead of love. It's not always obvious, but pay attention a little bit and see what you notice. And so what we come to is acknowledging that releasing fear can be difficult. You know, when we're in the middle of it, it's sometimes you can't just say to someone, don't be afraid. Or think of a child who's afraid and who's crying. And if you just say, stop crying, there's nothing to be afraid of. It generally doesn't work. If we see a, a child who's frightened and crying, there is an instinct to pick up the child, to hold the child, to love the child, and in that context, maybe let them know there is nothing to be afraid of. But without that loving gesture, or without that loving tone of voice, it would be much harder for that child to release the fear. So even in those moments, you know, the love allows us to begin releasing the fear. Oops. The Course also says that when we're in situations where we're dealing with ourselves or with other people and we notice behavior that is not like love, maybe angry, critical, um, somehow not loving, someone shunning another person, or that child who is being left out. That whenever there is fear, that it is actually a call for love. When I worked as a psychologist, I would remember that as I would listen sometimes to horrendous stories of experiences that people had had. And I would listen for the places where the fear that they were talking about or the anger that they were talking about is really a call for love. And this might be something that's within you where you are the one that's being afraid or angry or critical. And notice how if you go deep enough, there is within you a call for love. And so what the Course also teaches, which is similar to many spiritual traditions, teachings, that it is always the result of your small willingness combined with the unlimited power of God. So we're afraid. Something, it might be an ongoing situation that we can't release. Maybe the situation is even finished, but it continues to live in our heads. We wake up with it. You know, we find ourselves brooding about it as we're driving. 
So even though the situation might be finished, it continues to live within us, and there are fears, possibly psychological threats, fears of not being good enough, or fears of not belonging, fears of being shunned. You know, to release all that all at once can be very, very challenging. So what the Course teaches and what other spiritual traditions teach is in those moments just the willingness to release that fear to choose over and over and over again that I am willing. I am willing to let go of this fear. I don't know how to do it in this moment, but I am willing. And that when we put out into the universe that willingness, then that divine presence, that divine power, that divine love comes into that circumstance and does the rest. It might not be instant, but if we are dedicated to that and we keep offering up our willingness, then the divine presence that is within us really does do the rest. Again, I invite you to try this. Try this with something that keeps coming up for you and see if it doesn't make a difference. To simply say, I am willing to release this. I am willing to let it go. I am willing to stop worrying. So we remain willing. We choose love over fear. And in doing that, we remove the blocks that keep us from knowing that God is love and I am love, and the presence of that love is wherever I am. And so it is. We hope you enjoyed today's message. If you would like to support this podcast, you may do so at unityvacaville.org.